people love the number. It's they love the number. You're right. They love the freaking number. They actually love an odd number more than an even number. So, seven. <laughs> yeah, seven is great. Oh my God. It has to be less than 10. It has to yes. be an odd number. We've worked in media for way too long that we know that. It's like traumatizing. Hi, Kirby. Hi, Sarah. Welcome, Welcome to Los Angeles. Angeles. Welcome, Glamgelinos. We hope you stay a while. That's cute. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. So. We had people passionately write in. And it brings me so much joy when people listen to the end of the episode and actually respond. The question we asked last week about Garant Stray's French pharmacy-inspired beauty line and if we care about founders and their stories and if a founder's personal views would affect whether or not you buy a product, people called in, they wrote emails, they sent DMs. So this is clearly a buzzworthy topic, and we wanted to first and foremost share a voicemail. We have a hotline. The number is 424-341-0426. We will be working on a vanity number so that you can just call like 1-800-GLAM or something and forget about it. Forget about it. But here is a voicemail from our lovely listener... Hi, Sarah and Kirby. This is Courtney. Based on your last episode, I think you are both right on the mark that um, customers aren't really interested in founder-focused brands or founder visibility. I think it makes sense in very specific interests. But my former employer, a um, very visible beauty brand at Sephora um, with two founders that used to collaborate with Sephora specifically on everything from content to events and features, had decided before I left that they were going to step back and become less invisible. They didn't want to be the faces of the brand anymore. And um, I'm not going to give – you might be able to infer who this brand is. They are very good marketers and have a history of kind of shifting their brand positioning based on whatever is, like, trending. So I kind of trust their instincts, um, given the success that they've had with repositioning their brand in the past. Um, I don't think that – the market is suited to founder-led brands anymore. Um, like I said, in specific instances, it makes sense. But I think with the politicization of, like, culture as a whole, I think that having a founder as the face of a product line or a brand, I think, opens them up to a lot of really intense scrutiny. Everything from, like, doxing to, like, revealing personal info. Um, and I think that there's just too much at stake when you present yourself as the founder of a brand. So I think that you're right on the money. Um, And I think brands are sensing it and they're starting to move away from that. So Courtney is saying that she used to work for a visible beauty brand at Sephora and the two founders, they used to collaborate and put forth everything that they could in terms of content and events and features for their brand, but they're taking a step back to become less visible and that she trusts their instincts. 
which I think is interesting. Gosh, I'm dying to know what brand this is. Yeah, I'm like trying to rack my head. I'm like a summer Fridays? Glow recipe? Oh, maybe, maybe. But I've seen Christine and Sarah around. Totally. I mean, there's like a million co-founders of Sephora brands, so it's hard to figure out. But that is interesting. I think maybe once you have a successful enough brand and you can step away from it, or maybe not. I just think, though, if any of them do anything controversial, (laughs) then that's when people care about the founders. Totally. But I do think people care about the founders because they want to have something to attach themselves to. I've said this time and time again. Yeah, I am on the team that people care about the founders, 100%. But you just said that they only care when they do something controversial. She is arguing that people don't care as much. No, I think what she's actually saying is that she feels like there is going to be a movement where founders are taking themselves out of the spotlight. So she says that we are on the money, that brands are sensing that this founder story thing is no longer working and they're starting to move away from that and instead maybe focus more on the product. That was what I got from this particular voicemail. I disagree with that. Okay, so you think that people still want the founder's story, that brands still want to put their founders at the forefront, and that founder story is integral to a brand surviving or being successful or not? I feel like it's such case-by-case basis. (laughs) But that's why I say, like, I do feel like people definitely care about founders, but they especially care if these founders are going out of their way to speak about something controversial, a la... You're saying that they care about the founder, like to discover a brand and want to support a brand, they care about the founder. And if the founder has differing either political beliefs or moral, ethical beliefs than them, they also care about that. And they will not want to support the brand on those grounds alone. I think so. I mean, I do it for everything like beyond beauty even, right? Like you find out you're shopping at a store that the founder supports anti-abortion. Like, I'm like, I'm not shopping from you anymore. Do you know what I mean? Totally. So I think actually I want to read this particular email that was sent in because I do agree with a lot of what this particular listener had to say. This is from Bronte Payne. They say, I just listened to this week's, which is last week's episode, and I was so happy that you brought up the Doré founder being an anti-vaxxer. I had read the article in the New York Times, but learning that detail completely impacted how I view the brand. On the question of brand founders, I personally care about their views, and it impacts whether I would use the brand, which is what you're saying as well, Sarah. I think as consumers, it's an important decision as to where we put our money. Everyone will draw different lines based on the issues that matter most to them, but I think it's very valid to consider a founder in deciding whether to purchase a brand, particularly in a very crowded space like beauty. This nails it for me. Yeah, they eloquently put into words what I was trying to communicate. Yes, they nail it because it really will depend on your own personal beliefs. It also is a way for brands to separate themselves from every other brand. So perhaps your brand isn't that innovative. You're not really making anything that that's different or distinct from any other brand. Let's just use clean beauty as an example. You make all your products without this, that, and the other thing. Your branding is a little different, but at the basis of these products, the formulation isn't that distinct from something else. You sharing a founder story though, where people gravitate towards the founder because of their viewpoints or their aesthetic or whatever, that's the point of differentiation. 
And for me personally, that's why I don't give a shit about brand founders, because I don't buy a product because I agree with everything a brand founder says or want to be that brand founder or like want to be that brand founder's friends. I feel like a lot of people have these parasocial relationships with brand founders on Instagram these days that I'm like, what the hell do y'all care that much? For me, I want to know, is the product good? Is it different? Is there any innovation there? What makes it better than the next thing? That's why I care. No, I agree. I think that is the point of discovery. Like that's more important, the actual product and whether it is good. Like that is like how you get customers and a following. But I think that in order to maybe maintain, especially if you have like a really interesting founder story or you have like a dermatologist behind it or someone who started this brand or business because they have experience, you know, I think that like is differentiating because, you know, we get pitched like millions of beauty brands and I still look and see like who founded the brand or like who's behind the brand because I will usually pass if it's like, you know, I'm like very obvious that they just like are trying to make money, you know? So to me, it matters. It's such a complicated conversation because to your point, the actual like product matters more. But I'm not also saying that I don't use the same criteria as you do to be like, am I going to support this brand? There have been several brands where I get pitches from publicists time and time again, and they ask me why I don't respond or why I don't call in product. And I go, because personally, I can't support this brand for this reason and let them know that. And I feel like that communication is important, but it's also a personal thing where it might matter to me, but it might not matter to somebody else, right? But it goes back to the point of like separating the art from the art, right? It's like when people talk about Kanye or Chris Brown, they indisputably make great music, right? And like, how is beauty different from the song that you're listening to? Totally. I mean, buying power is extremely important, right? I fly Delta, right? But I also know that like there has been reports of Delta donating money to people that I do not agree with their political viewpoints. But so does every single other huge capitalistic company in this country. We're not like, oh, we don't support brands that are owned by P&G or like Unilever or whatever, you know? Yeah. It's just so hard. That brings up another question for me, too. Is it is it more important for these smaller brands these smaller brands with founders, because like with big corporate brands, you sort of like, you're like, whatever, they get a pass because they're big and corporate. And it's like hard for me to figure out where they stand, you know? That's a really interesting point to bring up. But I also don't want to put it on the smaller brands either, because it's like, they're small brands, right? But at the same time, they're probably not making enough money to donate to these causes. Anyways, I digress. I think the too long, what the hell is the nuance here is there's no conscious consumerism under capitalism, fam. And I don't want it to be put on the consumers either. We're just trying to live. I know that's the thing. If we're talking corporate brands that are supporting all of these, you know, people that maybe we politically don't align with. But at the end of the day, you just want a cute new lipstick and you can only afford something less than $10, you know, like, what are you going to do? You're just going to do it. You have to, you have no choice. Then again, it goes back to the small business conversation. If you're supporting a smaller business, chances are their prices are maybe higher. Mm -hmm. So you do want to know where your money is going. And if you're supporting somebody that aligns, valuizes you. There's so much to unpack. We are not a political podcast. We are not about to get into <laughs> politics. Don't ask us. But we thought this was a really interesting topic because it did elicit a lot of very 
thoughtful and interesting responses from the glams. The bottom line is that people care still. Yeah, they still care about the founder stories. They do. You're, you are right. As a Capricorn to another Capricorn, you are right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, thanks, everyone, for calling in. That's so fun. And writing your letters, Bronte. This is perfect. We should put this on as a mission statement on the website. Love Bronte. Thank you for writing in. Okay, no Woif this week because we are kind of diving into some Woifish types products in our beauty news segments today. <laughs> I love that Woif has become its like own word. I hope it is part of Urban Dictionary one day. Woif, a little Woif action. So getting into beauty news, guess what? National Lipstick Day is July 29th. Who's excited? I personally am. I celebrate Lipstick Day every day. I was going to say, like, I hate, like, all these fake holidays, especially in, like, beauty and lifestyle that people try to pitch. But I do, I do love a Lipstick Day. We also love it because Ulta Beauty is sponsoring this particular <laughs> segment. So thank you, Ulta Beauty. Giving us some deals. So now... July 26th, it started on the 24th, but July 26th through July 30th, they're celebrating Lipstick Day all week, okay? And you can get some amazing deals. So for mass beauty brands, you can get buy one, get one 50% off when you mix and match from a boatload of brands. Morphe, CoverGirl, Maybelline, Juvia's Place, ColourPop, L'Oreal, Essence, Wet n Wild, LA Girl, Winky Lux, Black Opal, and literally like dozens more. I, I, I could keep going, but I'm not going to. It's like all of it. Yes. They have a lipstick tab. So when you go to Ulta Beauty and you select makeup, select lips and then lipstick. And there's over, I think, 290 different offerings that you can go through and get buy one get one 50% off. And then for Prestige, they have select Prestige beauty brands at 40% off. That includes Benefit Cosmetics, Estee Lauder, It Cosmetics, Lancome, Stila, MAC Cosmetics, Hey Hey, Urban Decay, Tarte, Too Faced. And I think that's it in terms of Prestige. Yeah. So like no Chanel's on here. Y'all know Chanel is not given a discount. It's not even in their vocabulary. So don't even think about it. But since... I am not the resident lipstick lover on this pod. There are a few that have taken my heart, but I figured this is Sarah's time to shine. If you are going to pick a few products from this list to pick up and try, what would you shout out? Okay, so one product that I actually was reminded of because you recently spoke about the Urban Decay lipstick the Vice Lip Bond? Yes, the Vice Lip Bond is the NYX Professional Makeup Shine Loud Vegan High Shine Long Lasting Liquid Lipstick. Wow, that is a mouthful. Shine Loud Vegan High Shine Long Lasting Liquid Lipstick. This has been out for a while and I think it was viral on TikTok at some point. And it is $12, like, you know, very affordable as are all of NYX's lippies and, and products. And it delivers that long lasting, like vinyl, shiny lip. I'd be curious, Kirby, for you to try this and compare what the finish is. It is like basically, you know, how they have their amazing like matte liquid lipstick, long lasting one. So this is the like shine version. So it lasts up to 16 hours and it's two step. So you do 
the one first swipe of the color and then you let it dry for like 30 seconds and then you go in with the glossy non-sticky topping and it sort of just like seals it in. It's super pigmented. It lasts literally all day long. I will say, as everyone knows, I have dry lips. So you got to make sure that you like exfoliate, hydrate before you apply this. But it is like not going to go anywhere. Like you can eat, you can kiss your baby, wear it under your mask. It's not going anywhere. So that's on sale. It's originally $12 and then it's like, you know. Buy one, get one 50% off. Yeah, which is amazing. And, you know, people are still wearing masks. We'll have to wear masks again in Los Angeles County soon enough. So this is a good option. (laughs) No, not the mask. I hate it. It's our duty, but we do it. Like, I hate doing it, but we do it. And then as I mentioned, I'm not a big lipstick girl. I prefer a lip liner with a gloss, but I do want to shout out that ColourPop is available at Ulta Beauty. I love their lippy sticks. One reason I've always loved ColourPop is that they're incredibly affordable and they just make really, really good product. And I know a lot of people believe that Kylie Cosmetics is essentially ColourPop. That was the rumor back in the day. And I mean, they were right next to each other factory-wise, so. So the lippy sticks, they come in all of these beautiful like reds and pinks. I love cami and I love cookie. I think they're gorgeous. They give this really beautiful full coverage, ultra matte finish. So what I will say is I put a gloss on top. I forgot about this product. And now that you brought it back up, I remember loving this lipstick, even though it is matte. I think you can sheer it out. You can. And also, it's not like a matte where when it dries, it starts to flake and get all crusty. Maybe it's more of a demi-matte, in my opinion. Yeah, I honestly don't feel like it's super matte. I don't remember it being that way. I definitely would not have loved it if it were (laughs) for me. I also love the, the fact that it has like a smaller applicator. So you can get like really in there and like even line your lips. Yes. And I remember when Jamie Greenberg, Jamie Makeup, did a collaboration with ColourPop and there was a red that was named after Beth Bears because that was one of her clients. And it was truly like I still have it. It's in my my drawer over there of discontinued beauty products (laughs) that I can't bear to get rid of. I think the closest possible shade is probably Trust Me. And it's a really good red. Like, I don't wear reds a lot, but I remember I was addicted to this red back in the day. So I feel like Trust Me is probably the closest red. But yeah, it's $8. So let's do some math. Let's math it up. It's a buy one, get one on the math product. So if you did the NYX product, which is $12, and ColourPop, which is $8, you'd get this for 4 Yes, yes. So you would get the ColourPop product for 4 So... I mean, less than $20 for both of these products. Bam. Or you just stock up on all of the lippy sticks. Yeah. Yes. That's a good good strategy. I like that. (laughs) You buy all of them. Yeah. I mean, I love all the colors too. You just like reminded me how I need to wear these again. So I went to Ulta Beauty on Sunday because they carry vacation sunscreen now. Did you know this? Yes. Yes. So excited about that. Y'all, it's so exciting. I'm so excited for vacation. I like love the brand so much, but I love going into beauty stores because I'm just like, I have no business buying Jack in here, but I think I'm just going to pick up some stuff. They carry Frank Body 
And Frank Body makes one of my absolute favorite lip scrubs of all time. Oh my God, I have that in my drawer right now. It's so good. It's just like coffee and sugar, essentially. And every morning, the past couple of days that I've ha- like bought it, I just get in there. I have this little silicone lip brush that I use with the lip scrub. And my lips just are like good and ready to go in the morning. Oh my God, you're doing it every day? Yeah, I do it in the mornings because I, well, because of my Botox lip flip, my top lip, it gets a little dry. So I have to like make sure that they're nice and scrubbed and then moisturized. I also picked up a product from Lano Lips. Love Lano Lips. Same, called Lip Water. Mm. And this is probably not in the the sale because it's not technically a lipstick. It's the Holographic Lip Water. I feel like you would freaking love this product, but I bought it because I saw Holographic on there and I'm like, hell yes. The box was cute. It says it's a weightless, refreshing lip hydration fluid. So after I do the scrub with Frank Body, I go in with the lip water. The applicator is like a tiny little brush. It's not a doe's foot. It's like an actual brush. So I feel like it gives you this extremely precise application. I feel like it's been a minute since I've used a lip product that uses a brush. Same. And it contains hyaluronic acid, glycerin, and peppermint. So it gives your lip like this little bit of plumpness, but it's not like the burning sensation, y'all. Don't worry about it. But I love it. I love the process of applying it. I love the way it makes my lips feel. And it has that subtle holographic finish to it. So it really catches light. Like I wore it. (laughs) I put it on before I went to the gym the other day. (laughs) And when I was in the aerobics room doing my stretches, I was like, oh, girl, your lips are looking juicy. So if you want a juicy pout, Lana Lips, faux show, the lip water. Who doesn't want a juicy pout? A little juicy pout. We love a juicy pout. Well, happy National Lipstick Day. Go celebrate at Ulta Beauty. In other news, let's talk about some trending topics that I've been seeing on social. This is trending on Twitter. Is the 10-step Korean skincare routine a fallacy? Twitter users are discussing the origin of the 10-step Korean skincare routine and how nobody in Korea actually does this. Sarah, have you been hearing this? No, I haven't. I have not. This is like news to me. So a tweet from user Min Sookie was quoted by Tiara Willis, who we just had on the pod, who is Makeup for Women for Color. And it led me to this blog post from a creator. Her name is Odile Manad, and the blog is called The Monadist. And she published this blog last year in October. It says that K-beauty routines gained popularity in the U.S. in 2014 around the time that front of the pod, Charlotte Cho's story on the 10-step Korean beauty routine appeared on Into the Gloss, and it became increasingly popular. Like, if you go to Google Trends, you will see that, like, K-beauty really was put on the map by Charlotte Cho. Mm -hmm. Like, she's the one. And, I mean, in the United States. (laughs) Okay. Right. Yeah. She was the first, if not one of the first, to talk about it in the States. Correct. So, the blog from the Monodist clarifies that Charlotte has been clear that she came up with this 10-step method herself. And it goes on to quote Korean magazines and influencers in which they explain that they believe that this 10-step routine stemmed from the fact that K-beauty brands launched with like six to 10 products that 
perhaps Western beauty consumers hadn't heard of. And then because they launched with the six to 10 products, they kind of ran with the idea that they use all of these products in one sitting. Mm -hmm. So can I read you something that was translated from one of these K-beauty magazines? Mm -hmm. Yes. And this is an excerpt from Daily Cosmetic in 2014. It's a professional beauty magazine. And it says, beauty news websites like Birdie, Fashionista, and Into the Gloss reported, quote, Koreans follow a 10-step skincare routine. Some of these products do not exist in the U.S. and they should be applied following a specific order and in a specific way. The, quote, 10 steps seem to derive from the fact that the lines launched by Korean beauty brands usually consist of 6 to 10 consecutive products like skin, toner, ampule, emulsion, essence, serum, lotion, cream, sleeping pack, and oil. Very few Koreans use all of these products when they do their skincare routine, but it's true that Koreans use many products compared to Westerners, many of whom have a skincare routine that consists of only one cream. Therefore, it seems American beauty media is taking the initiative to come up with new trends for the foreign market, like the quote, 10 step skincare routine as a way to introduce Korean brands. What do you think about this? Okay, I have a few thoughts. One is that I think the 10-step skincare routine was great in that it introduced Westerners to Korean beauty. But I think that, like, we just, like, blew things out of proportion. (laughs) And instead of the way that the Koreans and Asian people, you know, treat their, like, multi-step skincare routines, and it's, like, more about, like, the layering and, like, a very high focus on hydration, Americans and Westerners were really using this as an excuse to, like, use, like, so many actives like exfoliating their skin and then using like a glycolic toner and then using a retinol and then like this like led us to now where everyone is like pitching barrier repair creams and if I remember correctly and I might not I feel like the 10 steps were like a double cleanse so that's two and then exfoliating and then like a toner or toner essence and then treatment or like a serum and then like a cream, a sheet mask and then oil. Maybe that's like eight. So I I am missing something, but I think it was like sort of like meant to be, you know, left interpretation and like used in a flexible way in your routine. Like no one was trying to be like, you have to use 10 products. It has to be 10 steps. You have to wear a sheet mask every single night. You know what I mean? I mean, when I first learned about it, I was like, oh, I need to like step it up. And I did. And then that's when, you know, like everyone started breaking out, myself included, um, because we were doing too much. But actually, I was texting with Charlotte Cho today and I was like, oh, Kirby brought this up and would love for your comment. So first of all, she didn't know that this was a conversation that was happening. And I was like, it names you. So she said, Korea is known for their multi-step skincare routine. There is no arbitrary number, but in Korea, their steps and repetitions are high. People need to be less tunnel vision about it. It went viral in the media because of the 10 number. It makes it easier to remember all the possible steps, which is also true because around that time of 2014, and Kirby, you know, because we both worked for sites that like pumped out an insane amount of content with headlines that always had a number in it. Like people love a number. It was like 10-step beauty routine, six-step, you know, skincare routine, whatever. You know what I mean? It was always like five ways to find a husband or whatever. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> funny that you bring this up now because 
like when you were talking about Charlotte's quote, I'm like, oh, so the only reason why the 10 step even exists is because Into the Gloss decided to headline that story 10 step. It's like when Vogue does like Madeline Petch's 73 step skincare routine. And I'm like, no, she does not have 73 steps. You literally just went through and counted all the different scenes of this video. And literally the number, it's the number. It's like, have you seen the trend on TikTok right now that it's like five things I will never do as a plastic surgeon, like yes. based on their experience or like five things I'll never do with my dog because I'm a veterinarian. I literally made a list of five things I will never do now that I have not. Well, I, I kind of still work in women's media, but like after working in women's media, can I read one to you? Yeah. It's headlines I no longer trust since working in women's media. Anything that has over... TK reviews. Doesn't mean that their reviews were good, but for whatever reason, people equate to lots of reviews as good. It's like, this Amazon product has 50,000 reviews. It's like, yeah, and they're all like bots or bad and people hate it. People love the number. It's they love the number. You're right. They love the freaking number. Yes, they love a number. They actually love an odd number more than an even number. Seven. <laughs> yeah, seven is great. Oh my God. It has to be less than 10. It has to yes. be an odd number. We've worked in media for way too long that we know that. It's like traumatizing. So that is fascinating. So the whole point of this Twitter conversation was that like Western like journalists have basically like commodified this Korean thing that actually doesn't happen. And I think like to the point you're trying to make, it's like it's almost like if let's say Tatcha launched yesterday and they came out with seven products and then as Americans, we were like, oh, this is the Japanese way of doing it. So we have to use every single product. It's like nobody uses products like that, including Koreans. No. And the thing, too, is that some of this like multi-step routine is using the same product twice, <laughs> you know, like it's like layering the cream and then layering it again. Or, you know, Koreans, they do have that one routine where it's like they'll take an essence and they'll layer it like a few times and like, yes. okay, that's, that's great. Like do that. But like that too, you know, Westerners would count as like four steps or whatever. You know what I mean? And to the point of the Korean writers um, from the Monodis blog post, they're saying too, it was also introducing types of products we hadn't learned of before, like an essence or a sleep ampule. So you think, okay, if I want this to work effectively, I have to use them all together. And like, that is just not how this was supposed to go. And to the point of Charlotte, like Charlotte definitely brought this to the forefront of people's minds and made it popular over here. But she also like in this particular blog post, the writer is very clear that like Charlotte's also been like, I came up with this, like, this is not yeah. like, a yeah, thing like she that, made it up. Yeah, this is not a thing that I learned from somebody like some, you know, like longtime Korean beauty expert. Right. And we also need to remember at the time, Charlotte was launching Soko Glam, which was a Korean beauty retailer. So of course, she's going to try to like, include products from her site to sell like it's just Yes, 100%. So I thought that was a really interesting conversation. Um, I saw it like brewing. Basically anything that Tiara Willis tweets goes viral <laughs> on Twitter. So it was really interesting. And I'm glad that we were able to talk to Charlotte and get her thoughts too. Yes. 
I mean, how many, how many steps would you say? I know that we had this on our Instagram recently, but how many steps would you say is your evening routine right now, including cleansing? I double cleanse. I will put on a serum of some sort after I use this new under eye laser that I've been testing out. I'll do droplet and then I put on like my moisturizer twice. So like five or six. Usually for me, if it's like really straightforward and I'm not doing any like tools or masks, which I also don't do a lot, <laughs> like I'll do it like once a week or twice a week, like who has time? It's probably like four or five steps, to be honest, because most of these days I'm like not wearing that much makeup. So I will I'll shower and then I'll wash my face after I shower. And then I use like a toner essence, a serum and a cream. And like, I'll, I'll do this like before I go to bed or like before I like enter the bedroom. And then when I, right before I go to bed, I like layer on another layer. Cause I feel like I need one. Wow. Look at you. Dry skin, baby. I'm not as a diligent about that, but yeah, super interesting. In one of your episodes, I just listened to you mentioned um, Bucky G's brand Tres Luce, and there's also some like Latina makeup drama with that. I guess people are saying that she ripped off this other Mexican American brand Araceli Beauty, and I think Este Laundry reported on it too, and so that a lot of the products look almost exactly the same, but. Um, yeah, it's really interesting, and I'd love to hear what you guys think about it, and if you think it's okay to be that similar, or is it just a coincidence, or if it is a ripoff. All right, let's cue uh, the CSI music. Or Law and Order. <laughs> we honestly need to have that on standby, because there's just, like, so much legal drama in beauty these days. So much legal drama. Let's go to beauty court, Sarah. Oh my gosh. Okay. The question is, did Becky G rip off Araceli Beauty? Yikes. Have you heard of Araceli Beauty? I hadn't until I received an email in my inbox that was making this claim. Okay. Same. Same. So let's break it down because I'm not familiar and I like to pride myself on saying that I'm, I'm pretty familiar with a lot of beauty brands. You would agree? Same with you? Oh, yes. But there are like a million brands these days. Totally. I mean, I unfortunately had not heard of Araceli Beauty as well. Same. So Araceli Beauty is a Mexican beauty brand established in 2018. And their point of difference is that they use agave from Jalisco, Mexico in their products. The founder Araceli was born and raised in Mexico. She was a makeup artist and hairstylist before she started the brand. And she felt that starting Araceli Beauty to differentiate herself, having this agave specifically from Jalisco was like very important to making her brand stand out in a very saturated beauty space, which is great. Recently, though, Araceli called out Becky G and her brand Tres Luce Beauty three weeks ago, claiming that the brand's similarities were too close for comfort, mentioning things including product offering, stickers that both brands created, as well as a similar brand story, wording, product names, etc. She also insinuates that Tres Luce's team or the brand itself may have 
been a little bit too close to comfort because she received a PR package from them. So they were aware of like the whereabouts of her brand and who they are. Like mm. it wasn't delivered directly to Araceli's home, but I guess she's trying to make the point that it was delivered to like their brand location. So can I read you what Araceli said? Yes. This is on June 22nd. It's a slides on her Instagram. This is not an easy post for me, but I owe it to myself and other self-starting entrepreneurs to speak up in order to protect our self-made businesses. My goal is to shed light on the situation, not tear anyone down. I've always admired Becky G and her self-made success. I am happy to uplift women and proud to see Latina succeed. This is why a year ago, I genuinely congratulated her on the launch of Tres Luce Beauty. And she features a screenshot of her congratulating Becky and Becky. It says scene. And that's it. <laughs> Unfortunately, throughout this year, I have become discontent with the ongoing similarities between our brands. I have put my entire soul into my beauty brand and I feel my brand's uniqueness is being replicated. Okay, here are the similarities. RSLA Beauty is a Latinx inspired brand I launched on September 16th, 2018, Mexican Independence Day. As an immigrant from Jalisco, Mexico, this brand was inspired by my true identity and expertise as a California licensed beauty professional. It took me two years to curate every unique unique detail of my brand and find quality manufacturers to launch. Adding agave oil to my powders was a unique, original, and authentic idea that would help me stand out in a growing beauty space. In 2021, Becky G launched Tres Luce Beauty, a Latinx-inspired beauty brand eerily similar to my own. And then she goes on to include quotes from Becky G from places like Birdie and People.com. Then she does a comparison of her 2018 eye collection launch as well as the 2021 eye collection launch from Tres Luce. I will say, looking at these two photos, the packaging to me does not look similar at all, but there is a layout that they both do that does look very similar. But also, I could argue that other brands do this exact same flat lay, okay? So it says that, for Araceli, their brand story was rooted in Jalisco, Mexico. For Tres Luce's brand, the brand story is rooted in Jalisco, Mexico. Okay, this next part is, I think, where it's rubbing a lot of people the wrong way, okay? It says that Selly, who it's the nickname for the brand founder, Araceli, was born in... Okay, yes, I'm sorry. Apologies to any of our... Latinx listeners, I just am not going to be, my lip flip actually <laughs> makes it hard for me to pronounce <laughs> words. I'm not kidding. Like I've had to redo things several times on this podcast because of it. She was born in Jalisco. They point out that Becky G was born in Inglewood, California. Okay. So you can see where this is about to go. RSLE beauty products are formulated with agave or enriched with agave. Same with Tres Luce. They launched with three eyelash, false eyelashes, so did Araceli. They also provide eyeliners and brushes, same as Araceli. They made custom stickers featuring agave and the dahlia flower, which is the flower of Mexico. So did Araceli. And they both have a handmade handbag, same as Araceli. Okay. The stickers are where I was like... The stickers. The stickers, I'm like, are too similar. That's where it's too similar. Because stickers aren't normal for brands, right? Like, that's not a thing you expect to get. So that's where I was like, hmm. And then the handmade handbag. 
So it says, when Tresluce launched, I was flattered to be one of the first 19 people that the brand followed. The Tresluce team never reached out to me, but a week after the launch, I received Tresluce's first PR package. This package was delivered to the RSLA Beauty office. Tresluce knew of me and the RSLA Beauty address. The second and last PR package I received was the Tresluce Liquid Eyeliner Launch. Liquid eyeliners with strikingly similar packaging, shades, and marketing claims as RSLA Beauty. I will say this. The way that these products are packaged, the eyeliners, look like literally any other eyeliner on the market. Like, we could argue that RSLA's eyeliners look like Stila's, okay? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But where I do think it's interesting is that Tres Luce launched a black, a brown, and a blue which is the same as Araceli. They do call out that the black, like Araceli's is called Noche and the black for Tresluce is La Noche. It's so hard. It's so hard. And especially because Becky G is, you know, Latina. Oh God. And then the the pitch, Araceli's is stays put through emotional novellas and then Tresluce's is mastering a novella inspired wing. Yeah. It gets weird. So there's a lot. There's just a lot. A lot of similarities, but a lot of things that you could argue are different. When you like take all this into consideration, like what are your thoughts? God, okay. First of all, I just don't know. It's so similar, but different enough. You know what I mean? But it is kind of shady. So Becky G is not apologizing. She says... As the granddaughter of Mexican immigrants from Jalisco, Mexico, I am very aware that my experience compared to others, like my abuelos, is very different indeed. But the pride for our roots as the generations came along is no different. Since I was a young girl, I was shamed for not being Mexican enough or being pocha because I wasn't born in Mexico. I was not only shamed by my own Mexican culture, but my American culture too. Some have tried to imply que solo soy Latina cuando me conviene. Uh, But since day one, oh, thank you. I've always represented two flags. Okay, so I do think that that point is not fair. A hundred percent, like, Araceli should celebrate, obviously, the fact that she was born in Jalisco and her her culture. But I don't think it's fair to say that, like, Becky G can't. I agree. That's where Araceli lost me specifically in in these call-outs because she has all of these other factors that would make people go, hmm. Yeah, like, I don't think you need to say that. Something doesn't line up. But I think the fact that she called out that Becky G is from Inglewood, it, it kind of makes it sound like you're not Mexican enough. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We'll link to Becky G's full, uh, not apology, sorry, statement, because it's not an apology. And I'll just read the caption that she posted. It said, my brand name is Tres Luce because the number three is my lucky number. I'm a third generation Mexicana. Three liquid liners launched, three false lashes launched at a time. It's a theme. Our beloved Jalisco is known and celebrated for its agave. Mexico has only one national flower doing business with Mexico was extremely important to me. These things are all sprinkled into our brand with intention. Yikes. I mean, there's also a lot of different products that Tres Luce has that are not similar to Araceli. And same with Araceli. There's products that they have that Tres Luce does not. I'm going to read some of the comments from a TikTok because uh, I sent you this TikTok. This is something that came out when Araceli called out Becky G. And, and there's a variety of different responses. One says there's so many similarities in the beauty industry. Brands like Makeup Revolution all do it. All they do is copy high-end eyeshadow palettes, which doesn't make it right. <laughs> I think that's one reason people hate Makeup Revolution. <laughs> it's because they just rip off people's work. Araceli Beauty is expensive and Becky's is cheaper. I'm buying from her. 
oh my God, this is too obvious. Why are they so similar? But then this person's like, Araceli's logo is exactly like Morphe's. And everyone gets ideas from everyone. You can't really own anything anymore. I mean, every other makeup brand has this. This is a reach you'll need to occupy your time with something better. I love Araceli Beauty. I'm so happy you're sharing this on your platform because more people to know it's not okay to steal from small businesses. This is a tricky situation because also if I was celebrating, you know, being from Jalisco and like agave is like one of those main exports of Jalisco as well, like clearly you're going to want to utilize it. But I thought there was actually an interesting comment on Tres Luce's account. It says, Becky did form this brand. However, I truly believe the people that she hired for this project They brought ideas from other makeup beauty brands to showcase. Becky's team stole someone else's beauty line almost to the T, just switched up the names to each design or color. Latina's role, I think your team, Becky, needs to be held accountable. They represent you. They are a reflection of you. This is actually kind of how I feel. I don't think Becky G saw Araceli and was like, yep, we're going to do this. Exactly. No, No, of course. I think that she hired a very smart team. If people are coming to you with ideas and someone's like, why don't we focus it on agave? Or why don't we focus it on Jalisco, Mexico, which is important to you? Of course, she's going to be like, oh, my God. Yeah. okay, let's like build this out. Let's think of like names. Let's think of things that would like, you know, cater to not only like Latinx buyers of this brand, but also like, you know, people that follow me and love me, too, and really celebrate my heritage. I think that's kind of where I sit with this particular situation. Because some of these things are too close for comfort. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but some things I'm like, why is this so similar? The stickers, you know? The stickers. Why? Why? Why the stickers? Also, like, to brands, like, we don't need any more stickers. No stickers. But they don't have, like, any grounds to, like, sue, right? I do not know. That is a great question. Like, is this, like, a road-road situation? You can't copyright, like, an idea, Right. And you can't copyright like ingredients. I mean, there's a million Asian brands that have green tea in it. Totally. For me, I didn't even like think about the agave in their products. Like that's not something that jumped out to me. Mm -hmm. Honestly, like this brand is Becky G. So I think like that's their point of differentiation. Not so much like I think Araceli having that you know, products made in Mexico, the agave, like that is a very distinct point of differentiation for that brand. Okay, so like, what does everyone think? Please call our hotline. The number is 424-341-0426. Leave us a message, DM us. I'm curious if people feel like there's room for both or if Becky G owes someone an apology. Thank you, everyone, for listening this week. We will be back on Friday with another great guest interview. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Spotify so you don't miss any breaking beauty news or product reviews. And if you want to support us, be sure to follow us at Gloss Angeles Pod on all platforms and join our Facebook group. Plus, find every product we recommend on our website, glossangelespod.com, as well as links to the stories and news we report each week. You can follow us, your hosts, I'm Sarah Tan, that's S-A-R-A-T-A-N, on all social platforms. And I'm Kirby Johnson, K-I-R-B-I-E, on all social platforms. 
Los Angeles was created by us, Kirby Johnson and Sarah Tan. It's part of the ACAST network and licensed by Vice Media Group. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.